Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. No parts of the team should feel sorry for themselves. There's no way that we can start pointing fingers at each other. We all got ourselves into this mess, and we're the only ones who can bail ourselves out. I wish I knew how to quit you. It's been challenging. These type of games, these close games, we want to come out on top. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? I felt like we couldn't get our rhythm. After that touchdown, I thought the momentum was going to swing. The initial signal for Tariq Cohen. Defense gave us the ball back. And we just couldn't get our momentum. We couldn't get a rhythm. With WGN's Adam Hogue. He's got an excellent resume, a winning attitude, and I say let's give him a shot. And from the athletic, Adam Johns. He's the man who got the job done. Damn straight. With this group and the group of guys we got, I feel like everybody wants to make a big play. So uh, just going out there and grinding. So, uh, But I think we'll be all right. Man. Here they are. Nice to meet you, Mr. Coach. The Adams. Good luck with your foosball. Well, isn't that the story of the season? Not being able to get into a rhythm. All year long. Starting week one and now into week 12. That New York football giants. I can't do the boomer. I'm not good at it. Keep trying, though. I will. We got a full hour of podcast. <laughs> Temp number one. Uh, the New York football giants. Nope. Look at you got the Bears and Giants, a game that many times usually would be on a, a nationally televised situation. Not this time around. Not last year either, even though the Bears were good. Nope, just your standard noon game on Fox. More punishment for Tom Brenneman and Chris Spielman. <laughs> what did they do wrong in their life? I don't know. It did. Uh, by the way, I have not said what episode this is in a really long time. We have been keeping track, though. This is episode... You have not been keeping track. Joe has. No, I have. Okay. Once again, you do not read the rundowns. I just read it now. The episode number's listed on every single one. <laughs> they may or may not be true. So which episode is 283. this? 283. There you go. 83. 283. Uh, okay. But this is your Bears-Giants preview episode. Before we get into the Giants, we have some things to clean up from uh, earlier this week, from that uh, the debacle in Los Angeles and uh, this weird thing that's been going on with Trubisky's hip all week. Full go in practice yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So watching him during the, the open media period, which is, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes five. Yeah. On Wednesdays, it's like nothing now. Yes. Um, he was... Fine. <laughs> Moving fine. <laughs> That's any limp. Watched him walk into the press conference. Walk him with a couple stairs. No problem. Uh, moving around just, just fine out there, Adam. Just saying. I'm not doubting he had an injury. I'm not. Well, I don't know how you can. I mean, he clearly was limping around on the film. That's fine. That's fine. But he still played through it. Right. Just fine. <laughs> just whatever. Do your thing. Well, welcome in, uh... Hogan Johns, episode 283, 
Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue. H-O-G-E at Adam Johns. J-A-H-N-S. We are in our missing Joe Romano formation today. That's okay, though. We'll get through it. He is the glue that holds this thing together. We're glueless today. Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> uh, you can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. The Athletic, the Athletic app. Johns has 10... How do you word it? 10 things on 10? Ten? 10 thoughts on 10. 10 thoughts on 10. Trying to make sense of the Mitch Trubisky injury situation. Well, did you get anywhere? Uh, I, I think I vented a little bit. It's good. You vented? It's cathartic. No, don't care. All right. That's good. I, 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 okay. Here's the thing that I want to make clear. Mitch played well. Not great. He played well. The tape shows it. There's a, there was a couple mistakes, I thought, in the third quarter. Uh, but mostly, I thought, due to him not being able to move. Yeah. Well, one thought before you go on your rant, and Adam Hogue has a well-prepared rant, I believe, coming up. I don't here. know if it's well-prepared. But, okay. Just thought of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he played well. But the problem is he also played well. You know what I'm saying? Like Not great. He should be, like, if that's what well is, then yeah, there's a reason why they're four and six. Like, the, the bar for the evaluation needs to be better. But, yes. Right. He was not bad or got awful against the Rams. Okay, the floor is yours. But my expectation for Mitch in this game was just to build on what he did the week before. And it is a good defense, I'll give you that. I said stack two good performances together. And I didn't expect him to play as well as he did against the Lions because it is a much different def- uh, much better defense that the you know the Rams have, but I thought he was I thought he was okay. I also wanted to bring up because we talked about the other day um the play uh it's a third pass of the third quarter on the Bears touchdown drive where he threw it across the middle to Anthony Miller, and we talked about this on the podcast the other day, if you listened on The Athletic, uh, that Johns pointed out in the press box that Mitch just didn't look like right, that he threw off his back foot, and then Olin Krutz tweeted out the video, and it is on there on the uh, the coach's film from the end zone angle, that Mitch was clearly hobbling yes. after that throw. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but two plays before that. So this would have been the first Bears offensive play of the second half, which is the first play since he got need in the second quarter, right, by Michael Brockers. Okay. Um, Mitch takes a shot. By the way, another high snap. Just want to point that out. But Aaron Donald goes right by Rashad Coward and hits... Trubisky as he gets rid of the ball. Which play is this? This is the thirteen oh one third quarter. It's the first offensive player of the third quarter. Pulling it up. Please keep talking. Okay. Um, all I want to point out is he takes a shot there and gets hit. Where does he land, if you notice? He basically lands on his right hip. So, you know, there's this talk about evaluation at halftime and how he was clearly good to go. I just wonder if on that play... Because basically, let's be honest, what does he have? He has a bruised hip. That's what he has. He took a shot, and he, you know, it's like a contusion, okay? Well, then your next throw, after halftime, so you get halftime, you get a break, you get evaluated, 
you land right there on that hip after taking a shot from 99, who was in the Bears' backfield the entire game, which is Good where, player. where I'm about to get to in my rant. This isn't my rant yet, by the way, for those of you keeping score at home. This is just me get ready, everybody. pointing out an observation. Um, so I just wonder from that point on, and that's the first play of the third quarter, if it just sort of got aggravated and that caused it to get worse. Now, he played through it, and he scored a touch. He threw a great touchdown to Tariq Cohen on that play. Um, but the play before the touchdown, Mitch missed um, Tariq Cohen coming out of the backfield right over the middle. And instead, he threw it to Gabriel, who had one-on-one coverage. But the ball wasn't catchable. It was like basically a throwaway. And But again, under pressure immediately. On this one, I have 68 down. So James Daniels allowing the pressure. And I, uh, now I can picture that play. Um, Aaron Donald actually kind of falls down. But yep, I'm watching it right now. But still gets in. Goes right through 68. Goes right through 68. Sort of falls down. But he's still at Mitch's feet, which is why he has to unload the ball. But if you see Tree Cohen comes over the middle, I don't think he would have scored a touchdown, but he you know Maybe. He, he would have picked up some yeah, yardage. Yeah. He had some room to run. And instead it's just a throwaway. Now that doesn't matter because Mitch comes back and throws a dime to Cohen on the next play. It was a great throw uh and and a touchdown. But as I went through this film, the point is ninety nine was in the backfield, it seemed like the whole game, whether he was hitting Mitch or not. And they're not this offensive line is not moving anybody. Did you happen to see the clip of Quentin Nelson that went viral the other day? Yeah. Where he's playing left guard, and he's sort of one of those situations where doesn't have anybody to block, so he has the awareness to check out the backside, so now the right side of the play, and sees a guy coming free, is athletic enough to get over to that side, Hits now. This is them. The I don't pl- think that a play amounted to anything, but yes, right. I know what you're well, talking it's just about. A yes. great offensive line play. Yes. So they're backed up at their own like ten yard line or something. So he ends up hit, seeing, recognizing that there's a guy coming free on the backside. Goes from the left side of the formation to the right side of the formation. Hits this guy at the seven yard buried line. Buried him. He should you should just say buried. Yeah. Him. Well, he hit him at the seven, and the guy landed at the goal line. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he buried the guy. Yeah. <laughs> now. So damn good. I, I realize Quentin Nelson's one of the best offensive linemen in football. I love that dude coming out of Notre Dame. I had him ahead of Roquan Smith. He got drafted ahead of Roquan Smith. The Bears did a good job drafting Roquan where he was. It's all you know. It's not like they missed on Quentin Nelson. That's not the point of this. The point of this is, when's the last time you saw a Bears offensive lineman do anything like that? Pancake a guy, just obliterate somebody. Hmm. Not once, I think. 2014? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's this offensive line, it, on a good day, is fine. And on a bad day, they're atrocious. Yeah. It, it, this is... It's like we're, we're... We keep talking about how the Bears keep going in cycles. Well, here they are. They got a, a young quarterback here who's obviously not playing that great overall. But he's not getting help. Consistently. This is, this is where my rant starts, okay? The offensive line in front of him is not good. And it, the run, it, they can't run block consistently. They're constantly getting pushed backwards. James Daniels is struggling. Rashad Coward. Is Rashad Coward. Dude, I, <laughs> look, 
right, let me go back to the first. I think it was the first drive of the game. I had him down for four negative plays. It's just not. I can't find it. Right. It's not. It's it's not working. Okay. And neither one of those guards could contain Aaron Donald. It didn't matter if he lined up on the right side or the left side. He was coming through the line. White hair's white hair is good. White hair is actually, in my opinion, very good. So there's something to build on there. But Leno has regressed at left tackle, and Bobby Massey, he's always just been fine. Which is okay if you have a good offensive line. You can survive that at right tackle. But they need to fix this. It's got to be a huge emphasis in the offseason for me. And maybe it's just as important in the run game as it is protecting Mitch. That's it? That was your rant? Well, that's the part on the old line. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> I, I thought you were going to keep going. Do you have anything on the old line? I was looking at the rundown. You got all sorts of thoughts here. Um, see, I read the rundown. Wow. It's a big day for you. Yes. Um, two thoughts on that. It's not going to be an easy fix because you have a lot of... You have contracts signed there. Yeah. That's the other thing. You put a lot of money into this. And those into your tackles. Into your tackles. Look, my, my expectations for Rashad Coward are what expectations Rashad Coward should be. Just whatever. Just don't get killed every single game. Um, white hair is white hair. Um, the James Daniels, I don't want to say regression, um, or lack of step forward is extremely problematic for me because this is a second-round pick. I think it's fair for people to be harder on this dude. Yeah. It is regression. He's not good as he was last year. And I keep hearing elite football minds like Olin Krutz and Jay Hilgenberg on the radio talking about how good this dude can be. Well, where is it? Yeah, the potential is there. But there's something something, like just in terms of you you want to compare him to like a Quentin Nelson, like the demeanor, the personalities are just so starkly different. Like Quentin Nelson wants to kill you. Yeah. Okay, not literally. But he'd like to bury you like he buried the guy that was crossing the formation and trying to get to Jacoby Brissett. And he's doing keg stand touchdown celebration. Yes, he's doing keg stand, and he could get away with that. I think Quentin Nelson's my favorite player in the NFL. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm, yes, I'm serious. So it's problematic. Now, I, I do think there's plays where they're, they're the protection is fine and Trubisky messes up, or like I know you're about to get to, others mess up, the skill guys. This stuff is so widespread. The breakdowns offensively are so widespread. It's there's sometimes where I think it's almost unfair to to continuously scrutinize Trubisky, but I still, like I said earlier in the show here, he needs to be held to a certain standard. Where games against the Rams, where he's okay, should not be a good game. Like he should be better than that. But go ahead, the stuff around him is extremely problematic to me at this point. But the reason why I actually think this was a good game for Mitch was because he got so little help. Nobody blocking in front of him. Nobody moving anybody in the running game. Even like Tariq Cohen's draw play. It it worked because the off the uh, D lineman just got upfield so quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, but it's not like anybody made some elite block on the play to spring it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, 
And anytime they're in short yardage situations, it's just like David Montgomery is just kind of wall- running into a a wall. Yeah. And he's just like lucky to fall forward for a couple yards. Yeah. It's just consistently not good enough. Okay. Then you got the wide receivers. I counted three drops, two wrong routes, one of which led to an interception. So that's five of how many times did Mitch throw the ball in this game? 43 times. But that's five plays right there. But like the, it doesn't sound like a lot, five out of 43. But all three of those drops, you're mentioning two on Gabriel yep. and one on Robinson. One was on a fourth would down. Would all be first downs. Yes, one on fourth and nine. One was on a fourth down. Uh, yeah, the other one would have been a first down. was on second down. So the first one was a second down drop by Gabriel, but it would have been a first down. Yes. Then on the same drive, fourth down drop. Yes. So right there, instead of getting first down, you just turn the ball over on downs. Brutal. That's a turnover. Yeah. That's a turnover on Taylor Gabriel. That's a turnover. Okay? And then... You had the wrong route by Anthony Miller. He ran that route too deep. Matt Nagy told us that yesterday. It looked like that live, and he confirmed it. It was supposed to be a 14-yard route. He ran 16 yards. Where was the ball? The ball was at 14. So Anthony sticks his hand out, pops it in the air, gets intercepted. That's an interception that gets charged to the quarterback that should go to the wide receiver. So that's turnover. two turnovers now on your wide receivers. Now the, the it's spreading to... Allen Robinson, who drops a first down pass, and that drive went nowhere. And that was in the that was in the fourth quarter, correct? Yes, I think so. It was first and ten um, in the fourth quarter. Um, this goes back to the Lions game as well. So with Matt Nagy calling these, him saying, I think this raised a lot of eyebrows. He was he's been a lot better the past two games. Okay, if you look at one of those. Like, like we mentioned in a, in a previous podcast, I believe, one of the sacks in the fourth quarter, I think it was the third and eight play, I have it in my thoughts um, on the, the athletic. Mitch is looking at Miller. Then all of a sudden, Allen Robinson just runs into him. Yeah. Like he wants to unload the ball, but he sees Robinson, like literally, it, literally, they run into each other. Yep. They collide. Plays over. He has to scramble. Too late. Timing, rhythm, everything's off. He's trying to Get what he can. Get sacked. Twelve yard loss. Punt. Yeah. When I I'm guilty. Immediately seeing that like live, I'm like, "That's not him. Why is he holding the ball so long?" Go back and watch the film. End zone view. They collide. The receivers collide. Another wrong route at a pivotal time in a game. Yeah. It's been bad. And we're we're not absolving Trubisky of anything, folks. No, it's just widespread. Yes. The point here is that the conversation can't constantly be about how Trubisky's failures this year have cost the Bears the season. It's not fair. It's not fair. He has not taken the next step. He has been a disappointment. But what I think is more alarming is the widespread incompetence on offense. Like, you expect your quarterback... Like the second overall pick to raise his game, where he's raising the bar of, of others, right? Like he should. Franchise quarterbacks should be able to carry you through rough moments. Get what I'm saying? Like when things are going awry, your best player should be your quarterback. I, I get that, but like you look at the play he got hurt on, 
And I'm glad this was brought up to Matt Nagy again yesterday. Like we talked about it during the game. After the game. Yep. Both times. He scrambles. He does his job. Gets away from pressure again. Literally, Clay Matthews makes contact with his feet. And he gets away from it. Steps back from the line of scrimmage. doesn't cross it. Looks down the field. There's a moment there. He can uncork a pass. Looks to his left where he had three guys running routes at the beginning of the play. But he was flushed the other way. Only one guy's coming back. That's Allen Robinson. He's not even really coming back. He's just kind of walking. Yeah, there was no urgency. No urgency. The other two, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. They quit on the play. Yes, yes. And I get that, okay, bad vantage point, but Matt Nagy made it clear there are some certain scramble rules that apply regardless. Come back to your quarterback. Didn't happen. But the best way to put this is that it's, it is accurate that Mitch is not raising the level of play of his teammates. It is even more accurate that his teammates are not raising his play. They're not helping him at all. They're not. And that needs to be part of this conversation. It is not excusing Trubisky. It is just bringing up the reality of how widespread this is. There was another... This pretty much went unnoticed because the game was over. But Chase Daniel, when Chase Daniel was in, the Bears got called for an illegal shift because Anthony Miller wasn't set. You know why Anthony Miller wasn't set? He was like barely jogging back to his spot on the line of scrimmage in a two-minute drill. Yeah. In a two-minute drill. How often do you see like others still correct them out in the field to get in a certain spot? It, it happens. I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised at all if his snap count is significantly lowered this week. There's been times of accountability. Adam Shaheen, Kyle Long... I mean, that guy needs to be held accountable right now. He's, he's, he's not focused. He's not focused out there. Extremely talented, fast, gets open, running wrong routes, dropping footballs, not getting lined up properly. It's a mess. I, I raised the, the argument, when are we going to see more of Javon Wims? Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley was the top player on the Bears board, and they could not been, have been happier to draft him. In the fourth round this past year. Hasn't played a snap offensively. Like, he must be having some really bad practices, or I don't know what's going on, but, you know, who knows? Give him, give him a crack. Yeah, like, last year when Javon Wims didn't play, it, there really wasn't a spot for him. Guys were not playing this poorly. So then at the end of the year, when, you know, they're holding some starters out for the playoffs, he gets a shot. This year's different. I mean, this year... There, there are players that are not performing, and others should get a shot. But I, I, people I mean, ask us this all the time. Why isn't X player playing? The answer is always because they don't think he's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always yeah, the answer. Yeah, but there's other things that play into this, like Taylor Gabriel's got the contract. Anthony Miller's a second-round pick. But you know what? Like we, we, Javon Wims had a catch against the Rams. Trubisky went after him in, in tight coverage, too, down the right yeah. sideline. We saw him have an outstanding camp. Maybe some guys just need more of an opportunity. We saw him have big catches against the Vikings in Week 17 in a pivotal victory. Just saying. Maybe some size could be good, too, for the receiving core. So this is something I wanted to bring up. This wide receiver draft class this year 
is really, really good. Now, I obviously haven't gone through and watched all these guys, but I know that there's like LaVisca Chenault from Colorado I've loved forever. There are... This, That's quite the name, too. I know. He's great. There are... This is a deep wide receiver class. And if you can get one of those guys with your with one of your two second-round picks, I am totally... On, you've been on this since early in the season. They need... More size, size and speed. But that's the thing. Yes, you need one of the. You can't just have a big guy like Javon Wims is a big guy. Yeah, but he's not fast enough to constantly create separation. Right. So those guys are rare. They go in the first round. Even like, why did Alshon Jeffrey go in the second round? Because he didn't quite have the speed to consistently separate. He's turned into a really good wide receiver in the NFL, but not an elite wide receiver in the NFL because he doesn't have that separation. So it's going to be tough to grab one of those guys, but hey, the Bears keep creeping creep, you know, creeping closer to the early part of the second round. Um and because it, it's deep and you've seen you've seen hesitation in the NFL in the draft as of late to draft wide receivers in the first round. That has been a growing trend. Yeah. So my point is it's possible one of these dudes that does have elite size and speed could fall to the Bears, and I would absolutely take that player. There was a graphic uh, during the the Chiefs and what did they play in Mexico City? Chargers. Chargers. Where they listed the the speed. By the way, Chargers had more fans in Mexico than they than they did in L.A. Ooh, yes. They had a graphic that listed the speed of the Chiefs receivers pre-draft. So it's Mikkel Hardeman, it's Tyreek Hill, it's Sammy Watkins, and I am blanking on the other guy right now. Um, but the they were all sub four four or, or within that range. So we know Matt Nagy loves that blueprint. Like Doug Peterson said earlier earlier this year, that he hasn't really gotten away from what they like yeah. in Kansas City. But that's why they got. But that's why they have Taylor Gabriel and they have Anthony Miller because they're speed guys. But they don't have the size. Are they really speed guys? Like I, I, I get yes. Gabriel. I get Gabriel. Is is Miller really a speed? Yeah, guy? he's fast. Yes. Yeah. Like Tyreek Hill speed, Sammy Watkins speed. Well, nobody has is. anybody seen the Cole Hardeman run. Like, the, I, with all due respect to Anthony Miller's speed, that that Hardeman speed is speed. Yeah, I know, but yeah, yes. well, Hardeman's in the Tyreek Hill, Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel class. Yes, yes. So, all I'm saying, there's also different parts of speed. You know, like you see Taylor Gabriel get the ball. When's the last time you saw him break a tackle? Have you seen Tyreek Hill with the ball in, the, in his hands? Okay, but but here's here's where the quarterback comes into play. The the thing is, the Chiefs are getting away right now with not having big wide receivers because the quarterback. No, okay, it's great. Here here here's here's the thing about this. Go watch the leaping catch that Tyreek Hill made over two defenders down the field. It was not a great throw. Yeah, or, or the 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 pass that Patrick Mahomes got intercepted on. Okay, like or, or like. I know Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback, but it's it's a big misconception that every throw is like on the money to these guys. These guys are making some great plays too. Well, okay. Well, here's here, we're arguing about something stupid here because we both agree that the Bears just need better wide receivers. Okay. That's the point. Okay. <laughs> they just need yes. None of the Bears' wide receivers are Tyreek Hill. 
It's Duh. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And But Tyreek Hill is a rare wide receiver who doesn't have a lot of size who's getting away with it because he's a, a freak athlete and fast as hell. Exactly. Okay. okay. So the Bears need to find better wide receivers. That's what it is. They got to find guys that can line up properly, run the right routes, catch the ball. These drops are these drops are out of hand right now. The wrong routes are out of hand. They're leading the turnovers that shouldn't be there. And the one thing Mitch has done all season, by the way, is take care of the football. Yeah, with the Chargers game as the exception, with the interception and fumble in the fourth quarter. But for the most part, he's taking care of the football. Uh, the other thing I want to point out the. Bears defense. Actually, here, real quick, one more thing. So let's look at the third quarter. Mitch is playing hurt. They score. They go down and they score the touchdown on the first drive. Second drive is a three and out. That's the drive with the awful play call. The third and one speed option. Yeah. Okay. So why does that drive stall? First of all, they got four yards on first down. They got five yards on second down. Two completions. Two completions by Mitch. Those are good first and second down plays. So now you got a third and one. That's a third and manageable situation, and you run that speed option. So that's on the coach, right? So so can we agree that drive did not end because of Trubisky? Now, he could have, if he's healthy, he executes the play maybe better, cause he, but he wasn't healthy, and, it was a, and we all agree it was a bad play call to begin with, healthy or not. Even Nagy seemed to agree. Yes. All right, so that one's not Mitch's fault. The next three and out. Taylor Gabriel stops his route down the left sideline. Did you see this? And the ball sails over his head. If you look at the coach's film from the end zone, Nagy is immediately, like the second Taylor stops his route, you can see him reacting like he's supposed to keep going. Yeah. And he immediately starts talking to Gabriel. So... There's a wrong route. Is, is that the play where um, that's I, what, I actually think maybe 29 was open underneath that? But yes, a miscue between the QB and the receiver. And I'm putting on the receiver. Okay. All right. The next one is where you have Allen Robinson's drop on first down. They give you a gift. Um, Trubisky sacked on third down. Rashad Coward was the one who allowed that sack. But they get a gift because of defensive holding. Um, and then on third and five on that drive was where he threw a back shoulder to Allen Robinson and Rob, it seemed like Robinson didn't know it was going to be back shoulder. So I don't know who to put on that one. Maybe Trubisky gets the blame for that drive or I don't know. It's possible. And then, uh, the one after that was his last drive where he made that nice throw to Anthony Miller on second down. I mean, that's the play also. Like, so we're, we're questioning his, his health. Mm-hmm. Watch that play. Evades yeah. Clay Matthews, who had a free run at him, slides to his right, steps into his throw, brings his hips forward and his right leg, completes the pass to Anthony Miller for what, an eight-yard, nine-yard game. Just, just saying. Last completion of the game. Look fine to me. Go ahead. So I'm still confused, though. What's your point? Like, so you're doubting how hurt he was? He could have played on. That's the oh, point. Okay. okay. That's the whole point. All right. Had could could okay. have. So here okay, then I have one exception to to what you wrote this morning on the athletic, which you should definitely all go read. You wrote that that is a great time to make a statement or whatever. How'd you word it? If you're going to do it, 
Yeah. It's there. I completely disagree. Okay. I think that is ridiculous. Why? You're only down 10. You still have the football with three and a half minutes left, and I believe all your timeouts. Now, yes, based on how the game had gone, it's very unlikely the Bears still come back and score. Yes. It's 10 points. You are waving the white flag by putting Chase Daniel in. Yes. With your season on the line, you cannot lose that football game. Yes. You are not going to the playoffs. He did that. If, if yes. what you yes. are yes. saying yes. is accurate, yes. Matt Nagy should be fired. Yes. They should fire him. No, no. Okay. no, 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 no they, they should. Not, that's not, how ridiculous it is. That's why I don't agree with you. I don't think that's what happened. Let me be clear. I don't think that's what happened. You're telling me that conversation they had on the sideline was him simply saying, I'm pulling you out of the game. I the entire second half. How many times did you see him get treatment? Tell me. None. None. So, none. So none. This, none. That's why my theory is that he wasn't being truthful about the injury the entire half. Otherwise, he would have been getting treatment. If he was being truthful and he wasn't getting treatment, then the training staff needs to be fired. That's why none of this adds up. I think, the whole thing is off. Well, I think it starts with ten not being honest about how hurt he was, and. The I guy think, got treatment at halftime. And then he took a shot on the first play. He took a shot on the first play of the third quarter. He believed he could play through it. Yes. So, But what I think is Nagy got fed up and said, look, if you're hurt, we got to sit you. And he's probably frustrated. What about that play, that completion, tells you that he was fully hurt? I don't know. I'm incapable. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. That was it. Did it did look like? But it, that was the whole second half was like that. He'd have one play where he looked fine, and then the next he's limping. Playing around. hurt is part of football. Yeah. Well, it, it could just be that in a big moment he knew he had to have a completion, and he tried to and he gutted it out. Yeah, and made that play. Yeah. What on that same uh, apply? Look, I, I get it's a bad, weird look. I know what you're saying for for Nagy to do that. But we know how that game was going. All look at all the mistakes that we just talked about up to that point. Defense broke down. Like the, but then I go back to the fact he wasn't playing that bad. So that's, why, that's the point, though, too. Why are you taking him out? Okay, so okay, then we both agree. Then if what you're saying is right, then it was completely stupid of Matt Nagy to do that. Time to send a message. What else could there have been? But what, like, again, I, and I'm not doubting you. I'm not, I want to be clear. I'm not doubting you. I'm just, I think this speaks to how... No one really has a handle on what's going on right now. And I'm talking it's about the fair. Bears yeah. now. Yeah. Because to we have seen this guy play awful this year. There were probably a handful of other times this year you could have benched him and had and nobody would have batted an eye. Like you could have taken him out of that Saints game. Sure. Right? First game back from injury. Shoulders probably not feeling right. That's affecting his throwing motion. Awful in that game. This is a ten point game with three and a half minutes left. And he's not playing that bad. He really was he playing great? No, he was playing fine. I would say good. And he's getting zero help from his offensive line and zero help from his wide receiver. See, I, I'm wondering, I do not understand. I'm wondering it. if everything you just said probably played a factor in Matt Nagy's decision too. Like nothing's working right now. I got guys not running the right scramble drills. I got my star receiver dropping passes on first down. I can't contain Aaron Donald. Putting Chase Daniel in doesn't. That's just. That is a white flag. It It is. is. The dude slid in a two minute drill. The dude slid and took a sack instead of throwing the ball away. 
I mean, what they have, no one's talking about that, but that's like the equivalent of what Marion Barber did in Denver. What was the uh, <laughs> w- look at the the stat line? Did they have the stat line? It was like six place minus seven yards or something like that. What's what's the uh, <laughs> on the uh, drive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is, it, is, uh, is it on there? <laughs> let's see here. No, because it wasn't a scoring. Yeah, drive. that's true. I mean, it is somewhere in here, but I'm. Not. But it, but it, it is something just completely egregious and outrageous. It, it was like a six, seven play minus six yard drive or something like that. Uh, seven plays, six yards. Yes, gained. yes, that's it. Okay, uh, one first down. Hey, they got a first down. The fact that we're still can't figure this out a few days later just speaks to the. Uh, anyway, well, the whole thing opens it like, like the way it was handled. It's handled poorly. Like people were talking about whether or not they saw Chase Daniel warm up or not. I, I I did not see him. I didn't see it either. Nagy claimed he did. I I, I looked at all the angles I could in the all twenty two. I couldn't see it. There's people like, who were down there on the field. That they didn't see have it. so many gosh darn cameras on the sideline. Yeah, like I'm, I'm with you. And here's the thing: like even if like so, going back to your point about Trubisky not being truthful, like he was truthful. At halftime, right? Mm-hmm. So why throughout the second half were trainers not checking on him? Let me uh, let me work on that leg. Like it's, it's I'm with you. Like, look, I, I see guys play hurt through pain all the time on Northwestern sideline, and they get worked on in between drives. They're jogging around. The trainers are watching them. You'll see two doctors and three trainers with their eyes glued on a player. Because that's part of the, I said this on Tuesday. Yeah. That's part of their jobs. Part of their jobs is to protect these players from themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing: like, okay, we wanted to be secretive. We didn't want to reveal to the Rams that Mr. Bisky was hurt. Look, they all have this. This is NFL football, where, where the, there's an insane amount of like in-game work going on. Yeah. You tell me, like, when, like, when, when I see that play, oh, Trubisky doesn't look right. You're telling me there's not a coach in the press box who didn't notice the same thing? An honest question I have um, that I was am hoping to ask today, I don't, or at least get an answer on. Uh, in college football, they now have uh, monitors down there that trainers and doctors can go look at. Yeah, it's basically the coach's film. Um, now I know the NFL hasn't. They've they've tried to propose having video down there on the sideline. This is different though. This is just for um, it, DV Sport is the company that does like the the replay monitors down there, and uh, I'm talking about college football now. And then they have one that's for the medical team. So I th- it's mainly for concussions, but they can go back and check this tape at any point, and look for injuries. I don't know if the NFL has that. Yeah, but they should. Yeah, but you would think the guys upstairs would. Somebody, somebody would see it. Somebody should. Somebody yeah. should. You, when you see the film and how much Trubisky was actually limping, somebody should have seen it. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. Was it Nagy asking his coaches to keep an eye on him? Um, that's what he said. I think. I don't know. I, I, there's been so many different messages. I I have no idea anymore. Um, the other thing I want to point out is on the defensive side of the football. <laughs> We got off rails here. We did. We did. We did. But it. This is this is fun. <laughs> it's amazing that um, that last touchdown drive by the Rams. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Go watch it and see. Go just watch watch 23 Kyle Fuller on that drive. Just go ahead and do that. Not good. <laughs> just not good. His miss pick six, or at least miss pick. 
Miss pick. Miss pick. pick. His miss pick. Yeah. I thought it could have been a pick six. Loom kind of large in the end. It was huge. Uh, he drew, he got beat by Reynolds for 18 yards on second down on that drive. The very next play, he got beat by Reynolds for 51-yard touchdown. They got nullified by penalty. The play still happened, though. He got straight up beat. And then um, gave up a short pass. Ended up going for 26 yards. And then the play right before the touchdown, you watch that play. He jumps the route underneath when the ball was going to the guy he was on over the top. And you could see Roquan Smith turn around and be like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Guy trying to do a little bit too much, I think. I feel like I've been on an island all season saying that Kyle Fuller has regressed, but I'm telling you. A lot of guys are having a bad year. And there's six more games. Six more games to either get continue to get worse or... Build some momentum for next season, I guess. All right. Um, quick idea. We'll get to the voicemails. We're kind of ran along on this, but I have a serious. I have a serious thing. If you're the Bears right now, when you look at possible future quarterback options, everyone's rightfully so talking about bringing in a veteran this offseason, right? Mm-hmm. There's a couple problems with that. One is. The money when you got to pay other guys. Um, that's the biggest of problems, I would say. You also kind of haven't been good at evaluating. I mean, the last time you did that, you brought in Mike Glennon. So, well, this time you're not like you have using a- millions of dollars as a decoy. You also have agent conflicts here with some of these guys. Like, I actually think Marcus Mariota is a good fit. But he's represented by the same agency. Same he's, agency as Trubisky. That complicates things. Job's so, a job, though. Yeah. But someone's going to pay Mariota. He's not done. Yeah. He's not done. By the way, uh, I think it's sports book something or sports betting. Somebody I did. You know, we get these emails from these gambling companies. One of them has uh, the Bears as the highest odds for Cam Newton next year. Higher than the Panthers. Interesting. Higher than the Panthers. So, just take that. Is for, he miraculously healthy and healed? Um, I don't know about that. That's why I'm still. I'm not saying I'm for Cam Newton. I'm just saying that I thought that was interesting to see that. Why don't you think that hypothetically, if there is a player from last year's draft who is currently on a practice squad? With the season lost right now, why not bring that guy in? Who do you have in mind? Do you have somebody in mind? I do, and it's going to sound biased. And I also want to be clear that I'm not saying that this guy is going to end up being a, a stud in the NFL. It's more so the idea. When you are this kind of strapped right now, you don't have a high draft pick, bringing in a veteran is very risky, and sticking with Trubisky is risky. Why not bring in a real option, like somebody who actually has a chance to develop like Taylor Bray, Tyler Bray, Taylor Bray too. That he's not like no one's on this roster to actually push Mitch. You know what I None. mean? None. So if you're going to do it in the offseason with a veteran, why not add a young guy too? Now they may end up using a draft pick on a rookie. But again, that's going to be draft hot. capital that can be used on the offensive line, pass rush. Yes. All right. Receiver. So you can go out and sign somebody from somebody's practice squad 
And the only thing it would cost you is like the minimum salary right now. And by the way, you have a ton of cap space. Now, I, want, I know they probably want to hold that over for next year, which is why they're not using it. But we're talking about like a, f- a few hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So who do you got in mind? Well, Clayton Thorson is on the Cowboys. I knew it. I knew it. Now, I want to be very clear. Clayton had a rough preseason. And look, chances are he's, he's not going to be a, you know, a superstar NFL quarterback. I completely understand that. But I'm bringing up more of the idea of this. Why not add another guy to that room? A yeah. young guy who's actually got a chance. Now, this is connected to something else I have. I think I've mentioned this before. If I'm the Bears, I would do everything I can to get Mike Kafka to the Bears. Mike Kafka is the Chiefs quarterback's coach working with Patrick Mahomes. Mike Kafka, now he may be under contract. They may not be able to touch him. What are the rules again if you offer him the offensive coordinator? It's still considered an assistant job. Something like that, although it's a promotion. Yeah, but I still think it's... I think all the coordinator assistants, I think they're all grouped together. I forget. We always go through that every year. Now, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, though. Is go hire Mike Kafka to be your offense coordinator. And I would consider giving him play calling. Can, can I lay out a scenario for you? So, two things. The quarterback room. It's going to be considerably different. Chase Daniel's gone. Tyler Bray's gone. You think Chase Daniel's for, for sure gone? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think you bring in a veteran and a young guy, whether that's a draft pick or not. Right. Draft pick would be better, but you need both. Both of them brought in with the idea to push 10, perhaps start over him. Could it be Alex Smith? Guy's running all of a sudden, uh, but you got to release him. They got to release him. He could be released. That would free up. That guy was still walking with a. I know. He, when, I know. When I saw him in person in Washington, like from 10 feet away, that guy looked like somebody who's never going to play in the NFL yeah, again. Yeah. I'm sorry. But he's trying. I know. But he's trying. You, you're trying to find something. Like, there's going to be competition. Is it Nick Foles? Zach Miller was trying to. Yes. Well, that's Just, a little bit different. Yeah. Not really. It was very yeah. similar injuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you need both. Whether that's Mariota right. and a Jalen Hurts in the second round or, or a Frome, like moving up for a Frome somehow. Or, look... Without the first round pick, and we know quarterback drafts are different. Like I don't know what's going to be there. People say the middle rounds are going to be dry for quarterbacks, so you may have to use one of your second round picks. So I'm not saying like you move up from you use one of your second round picks on a, on a Jake Fromm or something like that. Okay, you've now said his name like four times, so I'm going to correct you. It's yeah. Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. I was yes. going to give yes. you like once or That's twice. Fine. I was good. That's fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. The kid from freaking Georgia. <laughs> They like Georgia. The guy from Georgia. They do like Georgia. Yes, they do. Yeah. But that's the point. Like that whole dynamic, I get the idea of what you want to provide, Trubisky. It's not working in the second year. So you have yeah. to change it. Number two, somebody is going to get scapegoated here. And the two guys I have in mind are Mark Helfrich and Dave Ragone. Okay. The fundamentals, the RPOs, all the stuff that they were brought here are, are supposed to do. It's just not working. Somebody needs to have some accountability. Someone's going to be blamed. What about Mike Furry? Since these wide receivers seem like a mess right now. Yeah, yeah, but that's Nagy's guy. I know. I feel like he'll get a pass over Ragone, who comes from John Fox. And that's fair. So, for me, you start by getting rid of Helfrich. You start by getting rid of Ragone. And here's the scenario I want you to play out. 
what if the Bears already have their offensive coordinator already hired? He just has a different title right now. Brad Childress? Yes. Maybe. Yes. How many times have we seen this before where the guy has like, it's like the, we'll use the Blackhawks example. Mm-hmm. Hired Joel Quinville as a scout. Yeah. But I'll look out, Denny Savard. Yeah, or like in Minnesota right now, Gary Kubiak gets brought in, and I guarantee you if Kevin Stefanski wasn't having so much success calling plays earlier this season, they would have made that move. Exactly. Now, it's working out there right now, Yes. so they're not touching but it. But Kubiak has a big hand in all that yes. stuff. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that, But if there were struggles, or if Cousins didn't turn the season around, that's probably the first thing they would have done. Yes, Yeah. yes. So just going to lay it out there. Brad Childress. Okay. Already I think that, here. I think that's a fair point. I look at Mike Kafka right now in, in Kansas City, and I see a young rising star. Those guys have been coming up through Andy Reid's system. Now, they would, Andy would have to let them oh, go. Yeah, the Bears just hire one young rising star to yeah, be the I head know. coach. I know. I know. The reason that was tied to Clayton Thorson, though, is Kafka worked with Thorson at Northwestern. So if you are going to make a move, and I, and I just want to be very clear, that I, I realize that is a long shot that Clayton would work out. I'm making that very clear. But what is the downside right now? Well, you got to try it. And unfortunately, again. but here's the downside that I guarantee you they're thinking about. Oh, they just went and signed this guy from the Cowboys practice squad. Trubisky's in trouble. They're, they're worried, you know, they're worried about the, the, you know, how it would stir things up. Everything's stirred up right now. Yeah, it doesn't no, make no, a no, difference. No, you need to do the stirring now. Yes. Yes. Maybe at, maybe you talked about lighting a fire by benching him in the fourth quarter. Yes. This, maybe this will light a fire. Yeah. Bring in a young kid who, by the way, has experience in shotgun, z- zone reads, RPOs, a lot of similar stuff you're already doing. And then you bring in Mike Kafka. The Kafka thing's for the whole offense. I think it would help. Yeah. But... Also for these quarterbacks. I'm with you. I mean, there's going to be changes here. There has to be. Yes. There's no way. There there's no way you can bring back this entire coaching staff with how big of a mess this is right now. All righty. Um, let's keep the thing moving. Voicemails. These should be good. You ready? Your voicemails from another Bears loss this time to the L.A. Rams. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Oh, John, Joey Jojo, the Bears have a kicking problem, and they need to resolve this. Hopefully they still pull it out, but we have a kicking problem again. Why would you decline the five-yard penalty to make it fourth and inches? We need a spark. I mean, fourth and inches. You have to do something. Chris from the south side. A f***ing option on third and one. Are you kidding me? Give it a Montgomery in between the tackles. What the f*** is Nagy doing? Michael from Bloomington. We finally get a third and one and not a f***ing third and ten. And here we go with this Nagy cute just run the damn ball forward. Oh my God, I'm so sick of this. Relieve of play calling duties, please. 
Bear down. Sykes in Seattle. Oof, I didn't see this one coming. It says something about Nagy, though. I, he's been kind of uh, lying through his teeth about how he feels about Trubisky, I think, and he finally couldn't do it anymore. Maybe we can win some games. Micah from Tampa. We are in the fourth quarter, and the Chicago Bears season is on the line. Which defensive player is going to come up with a huge play and score a touchdown? I don't know who it is, but someone is going to, and the Bears are going to win this game, and then they're going to pile up some more wins, and then they're going to get a keen hit back, a.k.a. the living bear, and the Chicago Bears are going to make a run. Okay, let's go. Bear down. Matt from Indianapolis. I just don't understand the decision by Nagy to bench Trubisky so late in the game on Sunday Night Football. This seems like he's trying to save himself. Unless Trubisky's hurt, this seems like a bad move from a coach standpoint, from a team standpoint, and uh, I don't know that Trubisky's mental game will ever be able to recover from this. Mike from L.A. The season is officially over. Nagy is a genius. Gets rid of Jordan Howard because he wants a back who can catch passes. How about a running back who can run the ball? Montgomery, 2.2 a carry again. Horrible play calling by Nagy. Several third and ones were running east and west and not north and south. Don't pick up first downs. And Trubisky missing open receivers left and right. Great offensive genius. Piled up a whopping total of seven points with four minutes left in the game. Bear down. Gary from Connecticut, I guess Matt Nagy decided he was going to bench Trubisky while he was actually having a decent game. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but maybe it's time we get rid of Nagy and get in a real head coach. Peace out. Bear season over. Bye. Brock from Houston, Texas. The Rams gave us almost every opportunity they could to win this game, and we capitalized on exactly none of them. We're throwing the ball on third and one. That Kyle Fuller dropped interception is going to haunt me all week. And then the worst part is, with three minutes left in the game, and down ten points, our coach just gave up on us. Now I'm going to have to go into work tomorrow and have all my coworkers remind me that we should have taken Deshaun Watson in the draft. Ian, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I know everybody hates Trubisky. I don't get it. I think he's getting nothing from the run game, nothing from wide receivers. I don't want Marcus Mariota, man. I live in Tennessee. He's garbage. I don't want Cam Newton. Let Trubisky play out his contract. Get a young kid to back him up. Give Maggie another year or two because he's going to be here and get us some freaking run game. If we can run the ball a little bit, Trubisky's not going to look as bad. Trent over in River West think Nagy stood up to pace today in regards to Mitch and benched him when pace otherwise would not allow it. Mike, from the wrong side of the cheese curtain, expectations have gone up in flame as the Bears have now lost their sixth game. Is it on the QB, the GM, the HC? Such a shame there's so many to blame. He's really good at rhyming. Yes. <laughs> And it kind of sums up everything we've been talking about here. Yes. That uh, there is so many people to blame right now. There's, And uh, I appreciate that. Because that was the whole point of my earlier kind of rant. We had just, a lot of, actually, we had, we had a lot of ranting going on. Yeah, it just it can't all be put on Mitch, is the bottom line. No. He's, a, he's a problem. Yep. He's on the list. He's towards the top of the yes. list. But there's lots of problems. There's lots of problems. Or as Foxy would say, it's all a problem. <laughs> yes. It, it is all a problem. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. Isn't that funny now that we're like some people and they have a legitimate point that maybe Nagy should be coordinating all three instead of just worrying about calling plays? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm starting to come around on that idea a little bit. Just a little bit. Something new. Just At this point in the season, why not let somebody else call plays? Yeah. 
Maybe you can learn. A little, maybe you could spend these last six weeks learning more about the rest of your team. Yeah, or understanding a little bit more about what's you know who's doing what. You know, when he's looking at his call sheet, he's not seeing Anthony Miller jog the line of scrimmage in a two-minute situation. Yeah, there better be lessons learned. <sighs> All right. Um, Giants-Bears. We still have a game to preview. Uh, part, look, let's be honest. The, the, the uh, importance of this game has gone down. It's not a great op- opponent. That's why we spent so much time talking about some of the uh, larger issues here with this team. So we're going to go a little bit quicker uh, with our, uh, our picks and our prediction for this game. Uh, let me say this. The Bears are still a lot better than the Giants. The Bears' defense is still playing well. Mitch Trubisky, I'm at least of the belief, has improved the last two weeks. I'm with Nagy on that. The Giants suck. I think he continues this. I think he has his third straight. Good. I would say this is going to look more like the Lions than even the Rams. Um, He's clearly going to play. He's fine. And I think the Bears win and cover. Okay. I'm going to go Bears... 26, like 20, 26, 17 or something like that. Um, Here's my one concern. This is about the defense in terms of their want to, uh, finishing games. Last year's Giants game, right? Like they should have beaten the Giants. But Saquon Barkley was Saquon Barkley because the Bears could not tackle. Couldn't finish plays, couldn't finish the game. It'll be interesting to see what they do, what type of resolve they have, you know, what type of message Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano can have them state against the, the Giants. But I'm going 26-20 Bears. Uh, my bold prediction is let's go Trubisky, three touchdown passes. Bold predictions. And there you have it. Bears should win. I'm going to say Bears 24, uh, 24, Giants 13. So the Bears cover. Defense plays well enough to win. Um, I, I should actually let me correct that. I don't see them scoring twenty points. You don't see the Bears scoring? 20 no, points? no. Uh, the, Giants, the Giants. Yeah, I haven't really thought this through because we had such a good rant with each other. Um, let's go twenty six, sixteen. Well, I thought one encouraging sign was that Roquan Smith was all over the field. Yes, yeah. And Andy Jackson. He yeah. had a couple mistakes, Eddie Jackson, but he was he had start- a really nice tackle for a loss, making plays on the ball. That blitz was great. Made that tackle for loss. Absolutely right. Um, the Bears are the better team. They are. They are the better team. And I think that, uh, you know, if you look at Daniel Jones' this season, he's feasted on some bad defenses. And when he's played better defenses, he's had problems. And I think he's going to have problems Sunday at Soldier Field. My bold prediction? Why not have some fun with it? Jesper Horstead. Give me a touchdown. Tutty. Yeah. For, for the Princeton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do you realize that Princeton has two tight ends, two rookie tight ends. How's that even possible? In the NFL right like, now? Like, you can't find tight ends. Who's the other dude? Steven Carlson for the for the Browns. Okay. He, I I don't, I didn't scout Princeton last year. Um, But I'm assuming Carlson. Why would you? I'm assuming Carlson was their actual tight end because didn't Horstead play wide receiver there? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Jesper was a wide receiver. Converted the tight end. Can I just give you a couple stats before we get to the rest of our games? Can't wait. So this is why Jesper Horstead is here. <laughs> okay. So the Bears tight ends now rank dead last in at the position in receiving yards this year, 231. Dead last in receptions over 10 yards this season with eight. The Bears are the only team in the NFL without a tight end who has had a catch for 20 yards or more this season. Hello, Jesper Horstead. 
Oh, <laughs> those are some depressing numbers. Yes. All right. Um, well, there was a, some flexing action going on here in week 12. While the Bears struggle, the uh, rivals north of the cheese curtain getting flexed to Sunday Night Football, enjoying their good season, coming off a bye. The Packers head to San Francisco. Sunday Night Football, 720 on NBC. The 49ers are three points. So George Kittle should be back for this one, right? I think so. And there's a lot of defensive stats that say the Packers' defense is... is Slumping. Yes, yes, yes. Especially against the run. Yeah. I I like the, the mojo. The 49ers just got going. I know Aaron Rodgers is going to do Aaron Rodgers things. Um, give me the 49ers in this one. So with the three points, I'm going to take the Packers. I, I think it's going to be a good game, close. Um, the 49ers, after losing to the Seahawks, really kind of struggled against the Cardinals last week. I don't know they necessarily deserve to win. Packers coming off the bye. They are coming off the bye, right? I'm losing track of weeks. Yeah, they played the Panthers two weeks ago. They had their bye. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to take Green Bay here. You know, I think Adams had a good season. All right. Vikings are on a bye. So, unfortunately, we have to pick this awful game. Lions at Washington. Washington, a three-and-a-half point underdog at home at noon Sunday on Fox. I'm surprised. This Who, is- who's quarterback in the Lions? Jeff Driscoll again, Yes. Right? Why isn't this? Is that why this is only three and a half? Probably. Um, ugh. Why, I, why'd you put this one on here? I, um, I, I gotta, I gotta say though, I the the, the Washington's awful. Yeah, they're terrible. Real bad. Driscoll hasn't been terrible. The Lions, the Lions aren't obviously a great team. They're also we talk about this every year. They're not bad. Yeah, they're not awful. They're just sort of the Lions. I, I feel like Jeff Driscoll's gonna kind of like run all over them. Um, sort of, sort of the Lions is a lot better than the actual Washington Redskins. So I'm doing this to the Detroit Lions this week. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, I'll choose the Lions too. <laughs> By the way. If you're if you're basing that off of me being so confident about a pick, <laughs> no one's confident. I, I don't want to pick this game. That's a terrible strategy. Yeah. My picks this year have been brutal. I was getting. I said this the other day. I was literally getting heckled in the stands at the L.A. Coliseum by our, some of our podcast listeners. Yeah, <laughs> you know your uh, picks. They are. You know. Hey, thirteen and three. That's what I would say. Yeah, they kind of suck. Yeah, I get it. It's been a rough year. This happens to the best of us. You know what you do? You hold yourself accountable. You admit your mistakes and you move on. All right? Oh, what's next? <laughs> Just don't flop it out there and expect to perform like that. Good news. Good games the rest of the way here. Uh, it's actually a good slate. We're not even picking tonight's Texans-Colts game, which yeah. decides the first place in the AFC South. We're not picking it because it's tonight. You like Colts? Yeah. They, that would give them two wins over the Texans. Mm-hmm. Is this is the game's in Houston? Okay. Seahawks eight and two go to Philadelphia. By the way, that Seahawks 49ers game in week seventeen that could be big. That could be your Sunday nighter that week. Uh, Seahawks go to Philadelphia. The Eagles a one and a half point favorite in this game. Noon Sunday on Fox. Eagles I think so, and you can lock it up. Wow. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Season on the line. Philadelphia is going to put another late push together. They don't have Nick Foles this time, but 
Now or never for them. You know, the Seahawks secondary actually hasn't been that great. I know. And uh, it's it, Wentz has kind of gone. They've gone through a brutal stretch of playing really good defenses lately. I mean, Russell Wilson has been fantastic. But yeah. that Seahawks defense is a far cry from Wentz. From you know what? I like, your, I like your pick here, too. Eagles at home. I like the Eagles. Uh, yes. We will keep it moving here. We don't have turds on this team. The Cowboys head to New England. How about this game? Surprised this isn't prime time, but that's because there's other good games. Um, that's why this is a good slate of... Got a good Sunday... Actually, this is probably the best week we've had. Yeah. If you think about it, Thursday night's game is great. The late afternoon game Sunday is great. The Sunday night game is great. And the Monday night game, which we're about to get to, is pretty good, too. And in the middle of that, all that, you get your Bears at noon. Not a great game. But although Seahawks and Eagles, if you want to flip channels and not watch the Bears, that's a good game, too. So it's a pretty good, pretty good weekend of football for you. Uh, the Cowboys go to New England. The Patriots, though, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still have my serious questions about the Patriots. They, they still find ways to win. Uh, what did Tom Brady say this week? They're, they're a team at least offensively, that, that's learning to complement what their defense and special teams are doing. Uh, searching for answers, uh, definitely on offense there. But uh, the Patriots will probably do what the Patriots do and win a tight one here, but I, I believe the, the Cowboys should definitely cover in this one for sure. Yeah, and the Patriots have been winning games pretty c- consistently big at home. But, you know, I brought this up a co- couple weeks ago when they went to Baltimore, if you looked at the Patriots' schedule, they really had not been playing anybody. All of a sudden, they're playing teams. They got killed by the Ravens. They get their bye week. Then they do beat the Eagles on the road. That's impressive enough I mean, This for is me. a team in the Cowboys that can yeah. play some power football with yeah. you. You know? The Ravens went straight after the, the, the Patriots. Ah, uh, man, this, is what, this one's begging you to take the Cowboys because it's six and a half. Tom Brady finds a way to cover, though. Okay. You know what they say, good quarterbacks win, great quarterbacks cover. I think they say that. I just did. So take that and think about that for a little bit. I will. Monday night, the Rams back-to-back primetime home games here. They welcome Lamar Jackson. Baltimore Ravens coming to L.A., getting that primetime spotlight in Hollywood. 7-15 Monday on ESPN. So ESPN gets Lamar Jackson. NBC got Mitch Trubisky. I am all in on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon. He's fun. I've said this like a few weeks now. Yeah. And he is my MVP this season. By the way, the Rams, three-point underdogs. Yes. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens in like almost a route. Yeah. They're they're just punishing. And I get the, the, the Rams' defense is good. Like, they may be able to withstand some of the power stuff that the, that the Ravens want to do. But, like, man, they're just an exciting football team. Great tight end production from the, Ra- uh, from the Ravens. Give me them. I agree. I mean, this kind of sets up like last week. It's, uh, you're, you're thinking, like, the Texans. Weren't they, who the, they played the Texans, right, the other day? The Ravens? Whoever they killed on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, they, just, they just demolished them. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Texans. So, um, look, we all saw the Rams in person the other night. They didn't play well. No. Are you kidding me? No. They didn't play well at all. Yeah. So, yeah, give me the Ravens. If I didn't already lock up the Lions, I'd lock up the Ravens here, too. All right, keep it moving here. Is college football just getting worse or, like, 
I feel like every week we're like, eh, it's not that many good games. Yeah. Here's one good game. 11 a.m. Sunday, uh, Saturday on Fox. The number eight Penn State Nittany Lions go to Ohio State. The Buckeyes rank second. The Buckeyes 18 and a half. Yeah. Like, how is it a top 10 team that big of a dog? I, I get Ohio State's outstanding, and there's some serious questions about Penn State. Yeah, I'm surprised Penn State's still number eight. Yeah, it's true. We got That's exposed true. in Minnesota. That's true. Minnesota went on to lose to Iowa. Ohio State, I go back to that stat earlier, uh, when Northwestern managed to keep it within 17 in the first half, that was the uh, least amount of points, or the the smallest differential that Ohio State had had all season. Yeah. They, they blow teams out in the first half. The only team they really didn't do that to was Wisconsin. Yeah. So... Look, Ohio State always has that like one game where they sort of slip up every year. Yeah. But this is, I mean, Penn State being number eight, they're at home. I don't see it happening. I think Ohio State wins big. Okay. They you know, cover. You, you, this may be surprising to everybody who's listening, but you actually know college football better than I do. Oh. I'll go with the Buckeyes as well. <laughs> can't, even, can't even look at me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Illinois... I just figured we should give Lovey Smith some love here in the picks. Okay, finally. They're not a lot of good games. This is an interesting spread to me. Illinois goes to Iowa. Iowa beat Minnesota last week. It's 11 a.m. Saturday on Big Ten Network. 15 and a half point favorites. It was a similar spread a couple weeks ago when Illinois went to Michigan State. Yeah. Now, Michigan State was winning big. Illinois came all the way back and won the game outright. Yeah. So I, I think the fight and lovies are going to cover. And I want to almost apologize to, to Lovey Smith. I have mocked his hiring since the get go at Illinois. I, I just didn't know how he would work down there. But here he is with all his recruiting classes now. All right, Lovey. Yeah. Kudos, man. Absolutely. Nice job. How about that? The White Sox sign catcher Yasmani Grandel. This is a football podcast, Adam. Yeah, but that's some. I like it. How about that? Don't care. A four-year contract? <laughs> I like that. Sidebar, I just, you know, whatever happens in baseball this offseason, just do it quicker. Can we not have, like, this stuff in the, happen in the middle of spring training again? It just kills the sport. It's awful for the sport. Speed it up. I zoned out. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. You you zoned out of the college football segment. That was, that, that's, that's, uh, and then you said White Sox. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to pack up my bag. Get ready to uh, go. I'll take Illinois to cover here. All right. Last one. One thirty Saturday on NBC. Boston College at Notre Dame. 19 and a half point favorite Notre Dame. Uh, BC's not good. Um, okay. Notre Dame. Sure. Why not? Fun. We got to go to House Hall. I want you to get your question in. What's my question? Oh, today. Yes. What was it about again? <laughs> Matt, do you have guys oh, yeah. on the sideline that uh, yeah. look, look at iPads and whatnot? And yeah, it's, I got saw it. Mitch's hip. I got a couple things. As long as I get there on time. Front row. No, I won't be there early enough to get the front row. That's when we know you're serious. Yeah. <laughs> Why so serious? All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears The Athletic. The Athletic app It's where you find our midweek podcast as well. You should be subscribing to The Athletic. I got my uh, brand new Athletic t-shirt on today. Yeah? It's in there somewhere. Well, you got to cover it up by that pullover. 
Well, it's a little cold. We need athletic pullovers. I'll there. put in the word. There you go. We need T-shirts to have Hogan Johns on it is what we really We're need. We're going to try. Okay. Been saying that for four years, I, I'm not a T-shirt printer. <laughs> You're not a T-shirt printer. That is accurate. All right. Let's See talk, ya. Talk to you Sunday after the game at Soldier Field. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk.